Any examples used are for illustrative purposes only and do not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and may not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to predict the performance of any specific investment and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. This is another money show. Get set for another hour of the latest financial information and economic news affecting your bottom line. JR and Anthony are committed to helping more Americans like you optimize their income, reduce their tax risk, and reach financial freedom. So let's start the show. Here are your hosts, Anthony Correo and JR Rochford. Here we are, your hosts of Another Money Show, Anthony Correo, J.R. Rochford, taking a break from our day-to-day -day as financial advisors with Rochford & Associates, a fully independent fourth-generation family practice right here in the greater Phoenix area. Uh, we are doing this to kind of bring you news and stories you may not be hearing on those other financial shows. We are aware that the last thing you need is Another Money Show, but we appreciate you being here. Is that my cue? As soon as you Thank pause, you. I step in, make it seem like both of us are here today. So we, you and I had an interesting conversation this morning. I think we should start out by sharing that <laughs> with the 17 Perfect. people that listen to us. Yes. So today, today was good. We talked a little bit before the show, a little plan. Last week was the kinder and gentler show where we were nice to each other. So, and you know, people need to understand we are still father and son of the step variety we're a blended family so people need to understand we we have to be nice to each other to a certain extent but we see things from two different vantage points one of it is generational i am about to be 60 you're 33 so we see things a little bit differently just by our nature you know the whole archie bunker thing younger people are like you know i'd never be that way I never thought I'd be the way that I am, and here I am. I am crabby. I'm old. Part of why, <laughs> part of why I see things the way I do. This radio show, you know, the last five years, there have been certain things I've been watching and I've been worried about. I don't think the direction of our debt is a good thing. I don't think the amount of money that banks keep handy to loan out and give me in cash has been on the right course. So there's things I've been worried about. Everything's coming faster. And you pointed out something. You know, you you said when you got to the office, there's always been something to worry about and you're just too worried. And my point to you was you're absolutely right. There has always been something to worry about. I just don't think there's been this many. And now I, over the last year and a third, have gotten way worse on what's on my mind. You know why? This radio show, this radio show, I take it very seriously. So Jim gives us an amazing outline every week, but it's it's a little financial for my taste. It's talking about how to save more than you spend, cost cutters for 23. It's talking about Roth conversions. It's talking about all kinds of stuff that financial advisors have to know. They have to impart to you. You know what it's not talking about? It's not talking about the current events. And that's the direction we've gone. We want to do a show that sounds alarms. We want you prepared, not scared. We want to do planning over products. Well, how do we do all that stuff if something can come up and take you off track? I've always said, if we do a perfect financial plan for somebody, but there's a hole in it, 
We didn't really, we weren't advisors, we were salespeople. And that's what I think is wrong with our industry. I think about 80 to 85% of the financial service industry, the, the people, even if they're good-hearted people, they're salespeople. You can be the most honest advisor on the planet. And if you don't keep making sales in six months, guess what? You're in a different industry. It's the way it's been since I've been in this job. It's the way it's always going to be. We, we have pressure and quotas, the whole fiduciary thing. I can kind of tell you why that's a crock. It's a great idea. The intention was solid, but the, the how it played out, it's just a buzzword. It's a marketing term. If somebody's going to do what's right for you, whether people are watching or not, they're going to do what's right for you. If they're not, they're not. But anyway, back to me being crabby. Since starting this show, now doing my own outline for every week, I'm pulling articles. I'm watching more YouTube videos than I used to. I'm doing all this research. And you know what? It's all really, really kind of coming together and not in a good way. I mean, you and I, over the last year and a third, we've talked about fires at food processing plants. We've talked about all kinds of the different stuff. Wait, now it's gone. You don't hear about it anymore. It's like, it's just, it's cycling so fast. You know, just this morning, I heard that Anthony Blinken is in Ukraine today. So another billion dollars for Ukraine. This is today. As we record, it's the 6th of September and we're giving another billion dollars to Ukraine. And you know what? Everybody's like, well, who cares? So what? Move on. You know, that's old news. The story continued. It hit one, let's see here, 1.75 million of this billion is going directly to the military. And I thought, well, that's odd. First of all, we don't have a need to know. The question I have, where's the other 80% going? What are you talking about? So say 200 million, and we these numbers are puny compared to trillions. So 200 million out of a billion is going to the military. Where's the other 800 million going? So that this is it's just every day I'm reading stuff that bothers me and it scares me. And you know what's so funny? You are going to have to live through this a lot longer than I am. So it, a lot of why I'm so on edge about all the stuff I read politically, geopolitically, financially is because I care about you and I care about Jay. By the way, Jay is now a college student, so I don't know where that time went. It's funny. Everybody, when you're younger and you have kids, they're like, oh, you better enjoy it. It goes fast. You're like, shut, shut the heck up. And now all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, that went fast. So anyway, so am I, should I slow down? Should I, <laughs> am I freaking you out, Anthony? No, I'm just waiting for the news. Oh, you want the news? Okay. So basically, in our conversation, all it was was that, you know, you've been in the office for five and a half years. And it's the same thing every day. You hear the same things every day. Well, I mean, part of it, you know, when we're in appointments, we're doing financial planning. So you're still getting to hear about how people should or should not pay off their mortgage. Should they, you know, what should they do with their Roth IRA? What should they do on their work for? Okay. So you hear a lot of financial stuff, but outside of the appointments, yes, a lot of it is the same stuff that things are not going the right direction. And what do you do about it? You plan accordingly. I mean, you know, we, we've talked about that since you've been in the office. You you pay down debt. You buy hard assets. There's a whole ton of different kinds of hard assets. We educate people about those hard assets. You know, you, you also have a nice day. I mean, your mom and I went to a movie over the weekend. We went to see Oppenheimer. Have you seen that, Anthony? No, not yet. I saw Barbie instead. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so you have- I didn't. 
<laughs> I was like, I know get some sort of reaction out of you. <laughs> so, and I can't wait because isn't September, isn't that where the new TV shows come out? You know, I, I and by the way, I mean, when's the last time we talked about the writer's strike? That's still going on. And, you know, some else I read this morning, apparently Sky Harbor, the restaurants and the food service and all that, they're imminently going on strike. <laughs> so, you know, you had all the clown- unions and strikes and things coming up. I don't know. I get it. It makes sense. It does. I mean, we've talked about the living wage. No, it's it's crazy. I mean, I, I see why they're striking. I mean, we there's not a living wage, but I and then I go back to my Archie bunker and I'm like, well, there's no money. I mean, there, there's no money to be had uh, p- apparently, except for in Ukraine, and then we can feed them all we want. But anyway, Did so the Ukraine government. They fired somebody and said that there's corruption. They're like they're openly admitting that there's corruption and that they're cleaning house now. Did you hear about that? I did not. I yeah. can't wait. Supposedly, their government has admitted that there is corruption, and I think ours still won't. So I don't know. I heard a bit of a story. I have to do more research on that. I just thought it was hilarious. I figured that'd yeah. be something you would know about. No, but I'd like to. And thanks a lot. You know, I'm just saying that I, I can't even eat or sleep or do anything because all I'm doing is researching. So, and in Ukraine, I mean, I do feel bad for the citizens, for like the normal people there. You know, it's still a country. There's still people that are innocent. But I do think, I mean, let me put on my tinfoil hat. I do think perhaps <laughs> there is some money laundering and biohazard labs and trafficking and other stuff. So I don't know. I think it's a mess. But in how thin are we going to get? I mean, how thin is this country going to get? We're we're facing a lot of fronts right now militarily, which and you know one of our ten pillars, geopolitical, it it could take us off track. China goes to Taiwan this this fall, that could take us off track. So, but anyway, um, with the writers' strike that we haven't talked about in several weeks now, apparently it's still going on. Reality TV that will grow. You know, you you've got in September, I think new shows come out. So I'm really looking forward to watching your mom watching The Masked Singer once again this year. I'm sure that'll still take place. So, and how do I get out? I can't should be worried about what's going on and also enjoy her mindless entertainment. I think you always take that out of the equation. You're like, it's either one or the other. If you do any of these things, if you have any social life at all, then you have no idea what's going on. I am guilty of that. I'm very black and white. I think life, life is a little bit less gray than we try to make it. So I can, I can see that. I mean, I want everybody. All gray. All gray all the time. (laughs) 50 shades or just 47? I want... (laughs) I, you, you are right. You did say something. I mean, you, you, I, and I give you credit. I mean, you know, you're, you're not wrong a lot of the times. You're like, well, you're miserable. And I'm like, well, I'm not miserable. I still do what I want to do. I mean, I like riding quads. I have stuff that I like to do. But when I think about how to do financial planning into the future without a crystal ball... I do tend to go to the negative side, you know, and and how it helps our clients. We what do we do when we think that the market's uncertain? I mean, you know, everybody's forgotten about how much they lost in 2008. They forget how they felt around those times. I still remember it because I was answering their questions. I mean, I didn't change industries in 08, 09 or 10. I'm I'm still here. But, you know, it's it's funny. I mean, when I look at what I like to do, I mean, I still do it. We went to the movie. I mean, we do, we do good stuff. We went to see Jay, took he and his roommate out for a little pizza on Saturday. And I don't know, but I just, I am consumed 
with the news and what's going on. I don't think anything will blindside me. And I want everybody to be that way. I want everybody to know what I know and then watch whatever they want. So share what you know instead of talking about how you know all these things. Tell me, tell me all the things you know. Well, Jim's been working on getting us a six hour show. Is today is today our first six hour show? I mean, I, I have so much to go over. As usual, I printed articles. <laughs> so anyway, let me let me start, you know, because I have to keep saying to people, I have to say this is not a political show, it's a financial show. Everything intertwines. I mean, don't get me wrong, the politics are, are definitely gonna affect your finances. But you know, one thing I think we can all agree on. I want to talk about politics for a second. Why don't we figure out a way to do some term limits? I saw Mitch McConnell again, <laughs> look like he stroked out again. And then I heard the medical people come out yesterday <laughs> on Tuesday and they're like, oh, he didn't have a stroke. There's no sign of a stroke. Well, something is going on with him. I mean, if, you, if you're talking and you freeze up and you can't think or move or whatever, something is wrong. If it's not a stroke, I don't care if it's bed bugs. Let's find out what's wrong with this guy and send him home. Diane Feinstein, Feinstein, some is of these in like 90s. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think she's 93. I don't care what side of the political aisle you're on. Send them home. Politics. It used to be when this country was was younger, it used to be you were a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. You had the means to be able to be away from work for a while. You represented the people. You represented the country. Then you went back home. Now, what if you're a congressperson, is it like once you become one, you're set for life? Your family's set for life. You know, they, they can't be in, in office like Mitch and Diane. They can't be in office for the money. They have these sweet stock deals and, you know, they're, they're doing all right. I don't know the last time they ever paid for a meal. But, you know, it's power. This isn't about money. It can't be. They, they have all the money they can use. It's about power. They just won't let go of the power. But so I think we need term limits. I think we need to clean house in the politics side. I, hopefully that makes people feel better about my politics. I hate them all. I think we need to push a reset button. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm terrified <laughs> of the next year. Is it really going to be Trump and Biden? Is that really what we're faced with? You know, Trump, whether you like him or hate him, I know he's, he tends to be a polarizing figure. You know, if half the country hates him, let's not put him on the ticket. I, and again, like him or hate him. Whether you think he did a wonderful job and he was trying to help the country or not, let, let's get a couple people that we've never heard of. That was you know, a wonderful he, job four years ago. I mean, how old is he now? So it's one thing, you know, you're not the same at this point in age. Well, that's true. I mean, I would like younger people. And I'm I'm watching to see what's coming up. I'm watching this Vivek Ramaswamy and it's already starting. People are saying, well, was he born here? You know, is he is he a plant to change the election i mean good night i don't know 77 biden's 80 yeah that's way too old to be running our country both of them and and you know i mean obviously a lot of what i think in this world there's there's (laughs) jim just put up on the board correo terabokia 2024 you know what i'm in i'm fine with not old enough to run yet give me a couple years Oh, that's right. You have to be 35, don't you? Yeah. Close. I can run in the next one. 
Well, oh, geez, neither of you, neither of you are old enough. Look at that. See, our politics are so broken. <laughs> even two people that can't even win. <laughs> yeah, we can have minimums. We could definitely have maximums. Well, and you definitely need me in there. I'd, I'd like to be the president. I would like to go. be. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Can you imagine if if the country would go to you know we're in a handbasket, but it would be fun. What's the guy from Argentina? What's the? He's like. Really, he's a hardcore capitalist. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. What's his name? From Argentina? Yes, that there's a new guy. Capitalist. That oh, no. No, he's... Capitalist guy. They yeah, no. He's an extreme capitalist. He wants to get rid of the government. Anyway, over the next year or two, if this guy comes in office, his name is Javier. I think his last name is Millet. Javier Millet. Right. Anyway, he no, he wants to eliminate the government. Which you have to be careful with that too, because then you can go into a, uh, you know, you can go into a dictatorship pretty easily. Hugo Chavez, I'm looking at you. But anyway, um, okay, so let's get to the news. I have no idea where we are today. This this kind of went off track. So Saudi Arabia and Russia, apparently this came out this week, is they're doing a 1.3 million barrel per day cut in oil. Remember about a month ago, I said I'm still worried about gas prices. They just, I watched the QT. They, their QT was staying at $4.49 for regular unleaded for a long time. And I was like, nah, it's not going to stay. I kind of thought by Labor Day it would start inching up, which it really didn't. It's still sitting there. But I'm also watching oil go up kind of fast right now. And now with this cut, I mean, I so I think by the end of the year, we're going to be talking about oil again. And that affects everything. That's going to affect your air travel. That's going to affect the trucking. So goods and services are already expensive. Although, again, you know, you go to the movies, you never know it. By the way, my observation, because as you know, I'm crabby and I hate everything. Going to the movie, it really was more noticeable because I looked for it more. The price of the tickets are pretty expensive. I mean, we all know that. But then when you get into the concession line, and it was a really long line, by the way. So popcorn... The last time I noticed, so maybe a long time's passed, I don't know, but the last time I noticed, if you spent the exorbitant fee to buy a large or an extra large popcorn or drink, you got one free refill. And now we were just, it was at the Harkins, you, it has to be an extra large, it doesn't apply to the large drink or popcorn, and you have to join their membership program. So you can get one refill on an extra large popcorn only if you're a member of their little secret handshake, get some kind of Harkins tattoo club. And I was like, geez, this, first of all, you're paying $11.50 for this bag of popcorn. I'd love to know what the raw cost is for the movie theater. But it's it's like, oh my gosh. So, and, and I guess my point with this being everywhere you look, we're being pinched. Things are expensive. So it's not a really good time, <laughs> if you ask me to to raise the prices of gas, but that's what's going to happen. Oh, and I am concerned here. Here I am, you know, being me again. I'm concerned because we had this lull in energy prices and I thought we were going to refill the strategic oil reserve and we did not. So now the excuse will be, well, it's too expensive. So we're just, we're going to put that on the back burner again. And, you know, this country, sooner or later, we're not going to be safe. You know that, right, Anthony? Sooner or later, something is going to happen. But here nor there. With anyway, with the rising gas prices, we got an article. 
I haven't given a shout out to Michael C. and Sun City in quite a while, so let me give him credit. He's He gave me about half of today's articles. So Visa, MasterCard are about to make changes customers really won't like. Says here that the the fees they charge the merchants when co- customers pay with a credit card are going to rise in October and April, respectively. These fees, though largely hidden from the consumer, represent a significant source of revenue for credit card companies. Merchants in the U.S. paid around $93 billion in Visa and MasterCard fees alone last year. $93 billion? Amateurs. Get back to me when it gets to a trillion. So, and then it says in 2012, it was $33 billion. So it's three times. This planned increase comes as small businesses are still struggling to deal with inflation and high interest rates, even as more businesses are offering incentives to customers to pay with cash or debit in an effort to avoid these fees. So yeah, pay with cash while you still have it. You know, I'm a big believer in cash. But so my issue with this, and I want to go right into another article after that, everything around you is getting more sketchy financially. If the gas price is going to go up, that's going to affect your food, which is already heavily inflated, yet they take it out of the inflation numbers. It's it's And now these fees, you know, we've got over a trillion dollars in credit card debt. And you and I saw different information. I am fairly certain about a month ago, I had read that during the 2008 and nine time period, we got up to a roughly 500 billion. So we got to a half a trillion and now it's at a trillion. But you read different numbers, so I don't know. We'd have to research. Either way- Let's see if I can find it. Because it, all it was was a graph. When either way, I know that a lot of people are saddled with a lot of credit card debt. We get to see that in our office. It doesn't matter what people make. People tend to live to what they make. You have a higher paying job, you have a nicer house, you have a newer car. You know, But credit card debt seems to be a constant. Like A lot of people have it. Even people that shouldn't have it seem to have it. But it, it's getting to a problematic level. There's a lot of people that are starting to be late on their payments. You, you've got these interest rates. The average is something like 22% now. That's crazy. You know, When it was 12%. It's hard to get out from underneath these credit card debts. So, and that's that's unfortunately getting worse. And this thing with Visa and MasterCard, raising the merchant fees, the banks get a swipe fee. The problem as I see it, you know, it says the customers rarely see it. Give me a break. These The businesses aren't going to take this. They're going to pass it along to the consumer. So, come on. I mean- a, well, That was lot- our inflation right now, too, because definitely we got hit with bottlenecks and inflation because of the quantitative easing and COVID, but a lot of that was just uh, corporate profiteering. They proved Absolutely. that none of this, I mean, obviously prices went up, but they didn't go up the way that you're seeing prices go up. No, no, it's crazy. And we, I think it was last week or the week before, we talked about how the government takes food and energy out of their numbers. They call it core, core inflation. I would say go the opposite way. Core would mean to me, like the base, that would mean food and energy mostly, but that's not how they see it. And now they're talking about super core where they're going to take out housing and you know mortgage and rent payments. Give me a break. Anyway, yeah, and right. Jim- You uh, add the numbers that don't matter to anybody, and then you can make your numbers say whatever they want. That's what we do. We That's what we do. We tweak the numbers for our agenda. So Jim sent us a couple, a couple articles after last week's show 
when we were talking about property and casualty, the home and auto insurance going up. And these articles are really good. It, it narrowed in on Florida. And one of these talks about how Florida, basically the, the cost went up last year by 17%. Oh, I'm sorry. That's nationally 17%. Florida's worse. And Korean, way worse. So, and they're talking about things on why this is happening. They're saying basically the cost of vehicles are way up. And they're saying that that there's more accidents than there used to be. Well, the roads are getting more crowded. That makes sense. They're talking about lawsuit inflation. That's a new term to me. Basically, when you get in a car accident, you get ticketed and they sue you. The, the lawsuits, the money's going up, way up. So, and I'll, I'll oh, just- uh, Have an umbrella policy. That's what we talk to people about all the time. Protect yourself from that. We do. We do. So, in this article, it's it's, you know, I mean, it's not going to surprise anybody. When you get your renewal, it's going to go up. You know, let me let me just share one part of this. The end of the article actually tells you what to do about it. And some of it is like nothing, like you can't. It's it's basically saying drive careful. But it, it is giving you a couple things. One is to bundle your home and auto coverage with the same insurer. One is to, I love this one, avoid accidents or moving violations for three years. <laughs> and you can earn safe driver discounts. That's a really good, that's that's great advice. Try to avoid smashing into a family of four. <laughs> Another one, which this one I don't like because, well, you know me. Enroll in a telematics program commonly called usage-based insurance. That's where they do the plug-in device and they watch how fast you start, how quickly you stop, all that. Uh, pay your bill in full at the beginning of your term. I guess that gives you a little bit of instant gratification. Enroll in paperless billing, take a defensive driving course, and take advantage of student and military discounts. Oh, I wonder if Jay can get his insurance brought down a little bit now that he's a college student. After looking at now with all of his accidents. Oh, settle <laughs> down there. Or all three cars before you're 18. Yeah, well, two were not his. I he know, got you know, I know. Only a third of his. Only a third of his tragic driving record is his fault. So speaking of which, <laughs> first accident, the young lady didn't even have insurance. We still haven't gotten her deductible, but you know what? It's break time. Holy cow. So do us a favor. Reach out to us. If you have questions, if you have show ideas, we're at team at anothermoneyshow.com or give us a call. Go old school and call us at 623-523-0444. And don't forget, we have a wonderful YouTube channel, youtube.com another money show we'll be right back thanks for being with us and remember if you like what you're hearing try doing it it's even better visit anothermoneyshow.com at rochford and associates we know the road to financial freedom is not a straight path and the journey is different for every family. And in times like these, we want you to feel confident that you're safely on track to meet your retirement goals. We want to ask you to prepare for economic chaos. We want you to prepare for bank volatility. We want you to insure and protect your assets with a smart plan. Our team can help you make the most of your hard-earned savings using strategies that are right for you. I want more people to sit down with us. When we talk about a financial plan, it's different for every person we meet. We tailor make our plans. Schedule your no obligation consultation today by calling 
623-523-0444. That's 623-523-0444. Rochford and Associates, veteran-owned and proud to serve Americans like you. Like what you're hearing? You can watch the show too. Visit youtube.com and search Another Money Show to watch clips from this program. Welcome back to Another Money Show. Thank you so much for making our program part of your weekend. If you've missed any part of today's show, subscribe to your Apple or Amazon or wherever you get your podcast. You can find us there. You can go through our website. And don't forget, again, YouTube, Another Money Show. So back to why I think the world is ending. You know, I read all these articles and a lot of them, they just, they come and go so fast. I don't know which ones are going to grow legs. So, but let's get back into another one. We had another article this week from Michael and it's from his home state of Michigan. Michigan electric vehicle plants owner promotes Chinese communist ideology at worker retreats. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I mean, and Michigan is under fire for having kind of a melting pot of people that do and don't seem to support this country. But this was this was interesting. A Chinese company developing a taxpayer funded, let me say that part again, a taxpayer funded electric vehicle battery facility in Michigan published reports and video footage of employees wearing what appears to be Red Army uniforms and pledging to the Chinese Communist Party. So I'll sum up the rest because I don't know. I know you don't like me to read. So apparently, one of the workers got a bunch of footage while they're on this retreat in China, and it looks like the corporate philosophies, the culture, is to support communist China. And I thought, well, that that's odd. I mean, I'm worried about the borders and how many people are here that are Chinese nationals. We've been worried about people buying land around Air Force bases. By the way, I did read a follow-up article on the Travis Air Force Base one, and it said, no, 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 it's it's not Chinese companies whatsoever. It's a bunch of tech billionaires that are coming together, buying the land. I, I, so, so I don't know. Find the owner? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, the article I read, it didn't give me any proof. It didn't give me any names. It just said, don't worry, it's not China. So, and then I couldn't That's find anything true. else on it. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if, I, I mean, for years, China has been buying up land and buildings and debt in this country. They've been selling their stuff to us. You know, what, what's the big ab now, Timu? It's like, you know, China is definitely infiltrated this country. So, but this, the, the part about this article that bothers me isn't even that the company is basically looking for people that will support communism. The biggest thing that bothers me is, is when you start taking tax dollars from the U.S. And, and, you know, it's a Chinese company in the U.S., but it's getting U.S. tax dollars. It's like, can't this country go back to doing its own manufacturing? You know, we can't even make a coffee cup in this country. It's just, I don't know, to me, it's... it's and then people would have to pay for it and they would have to pay their employees. That's why so we you, do it. we've outsourced everything. And well, then we've it, made a big push for EVs, which means we need batteries and we don't have the infrastructure for that. So now we're paying Chinese companies to come here and do it. Well, and you just said we don't have the infrastructure. We're not ready for EVs. I'm still, I'm fine with them. If you want to even get an EV, just don't make me. You know, I mean, is the government behind this with the gas prices to get me 
more towards EVs. I don't know. I don't know. And you know, Probably. I mean, that would be my take on it. It's still not great, but I would I see this being a part of a much bigger plan. Well, and it ain't gonna work. The problem is, it's not gonna work. I mean, it wasn't that many years ago that we were producing our own oil. We were energy efficient. I think we should have kept doing that. I think we should have started selling oil to other countries instead of buying theirs. And then we could have used all that extra cash and we could have worked on our infrastructure. You know, I mean, and you're you're talking to somebody who is worried about electromagnetic pulses. I am that worried about this country. I think we are so asleep. I think we are so dumbed down that we are ripe for anybody to do a big cyber attack, power grid failure. I, I think it's almost when, not if, but that's me. And, you know, do I have any proof of that? I do not. But I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if it happened this afternoon at four o'clock. I mean, I just think we're in deep trouble. So we could have been smart, started making America, you know, more productive and we could use the money and we could have worked on the climate at the same time. We could have gone green over the years on our own, but we didn't do that. Anyway, so I guess there's not a lot to say about this plant in Michigan. It's just, you know, it seems to me like the little bit of cross research I did, the vetting and verifying says, yeah, it's, it's definitely going on. And yes, they're definitely, you know, they're they're not shy about saying that they're Chinese and that's that's who they respect. And of course, the financial part, we're giving our tax dollars to them, whether it's from Michigan or federal or a combination. Don't care. Don't like it. So moving on, let's get to something else. It's kind of, I mean, this this one could really take us political, so I have to really be careful. But I, I had sent you something over the weekend that you took exception to. Apparently, here we go. Hang on. The Biden family has 170 suspicious activity reports on them. Do you remember me sending that to you? And you're like, no, this is baloney. This isn't vetted and verified. No, no, you send me some. I don't know why you keep trying to pay me this picture. No, I said it's one thing for an article to say this. I didn't know that there was a ton of stuff out there. All I asked is for proof. I can write an article claiming anything I want right now, and I could post it on our website. That doesn't make it true. All I'm saying is that's a huge huge accusation and i would have liked some proof you sent one article that was it and now you're because i asked if there was anything that was pointing proof to it now i'm the bad guy i I don't say you're the bad guy you're the bad guy for a myriad of reasons this isn't one of them (laughs) you wanting to make sure that we're vetting and verifying is a wonderful thing you're right you could write an article and by the way i think you should the crazier the better then you know i'll talk about it next week so no you wanted proof and then i sent you immediately i believe i sent you more articles saying it's definitely true. You can go to the government's own information and it says it's true. So, but it, it's, you know, again, I got to be careful, po- you know, political versus financial. Suspicious activity reports. We worry about them lately because if you want cash, it's like you have to make up a story. You have to go to your bank and they're going to ask you what you're going to do with the money. The obvious answer should be that's none of your business. You know, we don't have Chinese style social credit scores. I want $5,000. You can only have four. And what are you going to do with it? I'm going to buy cocaine and hookers. I mean, what, what is it of your business? What I'm going to do with my money? So I don't think it's the banks alone. I think the government is, is putting their thumb down on the banks 
and making them kind of throttle back, you know, how much money people are taking out. I think that in a day and age where we're worried that we have to lie to get our own money, it's just ironic that that the haves versus the have-nots are in full display. It, the one person in the video I sent you said that, you know, he's high up in bank and has been forever, that basically you see a handful of suspicious activity reports in a lifetime. And this one family has 170 of them. And I thought, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, some people say that there's a crime family. I would say a lot of politics, both sides of the aisle. I would say there's a lot of crime families. You know, don't forget a year ago, you and I were talking about the fact that politicians can use insider information. They're getting ready to pass a bill or pass a law. Then all of a sudden you you see them buying and selling stocks right before doing so. It's a crooked, foul game. So, but 170 suspicious activity reports, that's pretty huge. So it says here, these suspicious activity reports are sent to the Treasury Department when banks have a strong suspicion that a crime has been committed, (laughs) which is meant to protect the bank. Newly subpoenaed Biden bank records show the family accepted tens of millions from foreign business dealings. The foreign wires were funneled through 20 shell companies associated with the Bidens. I don't care which last name is tied to what I just read. I do care that these people are in charge of our country. This this article that I'm looking at, and I found multiple others that all say the same thing. They say the same numbers. They paraphrase differently the same point. I, do people know this? If you're listening to this show, did you have any idea that the commander-in-chief and or his family have 170 suspicious activity reports leveled against them? Yeah, I, it and should be... The bank could be in system to just kind of cover that stuff up. So the fact that they're not, I mean, that says a lot. Wait a minute. Did we disagree on something? Did we just become best friends? We disagree. Anthony, have fun with this. Join me, but get angry. This isn't this shocking to you. Like every week, there's something that I come up with that's shocking. It's like this is the most shocking thing I've ever heard. And then I just wait till the next week, and I'm like, this is worse. I mean, how on earth isn't every person in this country talking about this? How is this going to be swept under the rug? It already has been. This, How many SARS does uh, Trump have? Or, I have or, no idea. Do some research. Help me. Help me. I'm guessing none. None. Yeah, because there that would have come up immediately. So yes. the fact that Biden has 176 is insane. Absolutely insane. Was that that interview with the guy that was high up in banking? Said he's like, I've seen two over my 30 year career. Two. Y- yes. And now one family has 170. I, I don't know. I just, I wish that everybody read and saw what I saw. Not that they should be as consumed as I am, but I wish people would see what I'm seeing and, and they would start waking up. I mean, the country's really, really going a dangerous direction. And I, I don't know, I feel so alone most of the time. And I know 
that when you write an article, it's an opinion. But when you find enough articles and they say the same thing in different ways, I'm pretty sure that it's it's on the right track. And this is one that I really, I was, I don't know, I was just in shock. So if you're listening, do me a favor, turn off the TV for a little while, get a little bit crazy like me, start reading a little bit and see if you don't get shocked by what's going on in this country. Speaking of shock, this is another one that I have to be kind of, I've got to tread lightly on this. We've talked, at least you and I have over the years, about there's been some buzz, mostly in California, but in, in other states too, on reparations. And apparently, kind of quietly, because I just found this this week, kind of quietly, there's a city in the United States that not only you know, suggested they did reparations, they started this in 2019, it has begun. They've actually given out money. So it's Evanston, Illinois. My sister went to and graduated from Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois. So I was there a lot. We used to go to visit her quite a bit. You know, I'm from the north suburbs of Chicago, and Evanston was always a very, very nice place. It was a very, it's in the north shore of Chicago. It's a very affluent area. You know, it's a, a lot of um, stereotyping, kind of. I mean, there's stats to back up what I'm saying. It's, it's very heavily wealthy, white, and Jewish families, a smaller minority of African-Americans. Well, apparently, oh, and here's a stat for you, says here, there are 12,000 black residents in Evanston out of, it's a city of 75,000. Yeah. So it's still around what, 15%. So, but anyway, they- 12,000 out of 75,000? Yes. Oh, okay. I definitely heard that wrong. I heard it's like 2,500. Like, wow. No, 12,000. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So out of roughly 75,000 residents, 12,000 are black. And so in 2019, they started working on this reparations and they, they passed it. The city of Evanston has already paid 16 locals from a $10 million package first approved in 2019 by the end of the year, the reparations committee expects to have paid $25,000 to each of the 140 qualifying residents in the city of about 75,000, officials told the Wall Street Journal. I see it like a test run for the whole country. Justin Hansford, head of the Thoroughgood Marshall Civil Rights Center at Howard University, told the paper. The $10 million fund was initially supposed to come from tax cash from the legal marijuana sales. When that proved too slow, the council agreed to allot real estate transfer tax money from properties worth more than $1 million. By the way, in the North Shore area, you know, my aunt lives in Lake Forest, another place that's fairly high end. The, these houses, it's not rare to have a million dollar house at all. So the, the intention originally was to tax the marijuana industry, use that money for reparations. Okay. I mean, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, if marijuana is going to be legal, we should use the money for schools, you know, roads and bridges, whatever. Everybody has their different projects. So reparations, I'm, I'm in if that's what you want to use the money for. So apparently they didn't get enough money to do what they wanted to do with this. So they've started taxing million dollar homeowners. 
Okay. Anthony, what, I mean, if you ask me, you're basically, you're, you're definitely targeting certain people to help other certain people. Is that okay? I mean, is it, is it going to, when more people find out about this, could this lead to some issues? You like straight on race. I mean, that's the whole. Also, I'm just, I'm trying to go through the numbers you gave me. So they've got 10 million. You had 12,000 residents. They want to give 25,000 each. That's no, 300 million. No, 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 no. Let me narrow it down. You had to have lived in Evanston when they had different housing. They had a thing called the Fifth Ward. You had to live there. Let me see if I can find the numbers. It, they changed all the rules. I believe it was in 1969. So if your family, if you, if you're in your 90s or whatever, if you or your family lived in Evanston, through or up until 1969, you were considered to be discriminated against in that area, and you can apply. I wish I had uh, less articles because then I could find the stats, stats easily. But anyway, no, there are certain parameters. So they're saying 140 people so far are fitting the parameters. Out of 12,000, I'm not sure how many have applied. I'm not sure how many fit the parameters. I don't think the articles really said that, but you know, it's not for every African American resident. It's for certain ones that have had yeah. a, a history in Evanston, which makes more sense. My the problem. So the family got kicked out of Evanston. Is that a thing? So they have to live in Evanston now and have suffered for the last fifty years. But if they moved out, then they get nothing. Yes, because it said you have to be to apply. You have to be eighteen years of age or older. And your family history has to have been in Evanston consistently since 1969. So, yes, you're right. You, there's another form of discrimination. If you moved up to Lake Forest or if you moved down to Oak Lawn or if you moved to another suburb, you are pinched out of this. So my... Yeah, all this seems ridiculous. In what way? Well, just the... I don't know. I... So the universal basic income, right? Because, I mean, essentially this is kind of what that is. But that's meant to bring everybody up at a lower level, mostly because manufacturing jobs have been moved, minimum wages aren't livable wages, things like that. So I I understand that. Reparations to cherry-pick people that deserve money. Because it's like what you just said. They had to have stayed in Evanston this entire time. But what if... There was racism and all, I mean, not what if, of course there was, but imagine families got bullied and they picked up and moved and did something about it and bettered their life somewhere else. And now they're, they don't get money though, even though that family, and also this is family of those people that suffered. It's not like, Hey, we did all this to you. What about all the the Japanese Americans that we kicked out of their ho- homes during World War II and made them go to their own essentially internment camps here in America? I mean, we just picked them up and moved, right? That's a little bit more recent than slavery. Are we going to do anything for them? Doesn't that make a little bit more sense? Well, and but then yeah. we're not. Though. So how are we cherry picking people that have suffered? And again, My, these aren't people that have suffered. These are the descendants of people who have suffered. Yes, which part of the yeah. whole problem with reparations, I never, 
I never hurt somebody's chances of renting or buying a home. I never owned a slave. As far as I know in my family tree, I haven't been part of the discrimination that's that's on the table all the time. I didn't do anything wrong. And by the way, this article addresses some of that. You know, one one line here says the danger of seeking reparations is that you're going to have some down on their luck white families that are in real trouble saddled with the costs of such efforts. That's more of a general if we get reparations nationwide, because obviously if you're a, a white person down on your luck, they're not coming to you. They're coming to the, the profits from marijuana. And if you own a million dollar or better house, you're probably also not a down on your luck white person. You're probably doing okay. It, it just, you're robbing Peter to pay so, Paul. And go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Right. Because it's it's very easy to make that correlation between black and white and saying, oh, what there's also poor white families. But even more crucial, I think, is within the black community, you're cherry picking who this goes to. Don't you think that's going to cause more issues than even the black or white issue? Yes. But this is also how I see the big picture this has opened the door to reparations. If this program is successful, it's opened the door for other cities, other states to say, now we have to expand this. And now we have to make the tax revenue come out of, you know, bigger and better houses, marijuana, wherever we can get it from across the board. Now we have to get this to a level. And could it happen, you know, tomorrow? Nope. Could it happen in five years or 10 years or 20? Yep. This could be a gateway to bigger reparations. How I look at this world, it seems to me like whoever makes the most noise seems to get their way. So if this, if other people are like, I want in on this, because you're right, Anthony, if I moved to a different city, but my entire family was from Evanston until 2017, I would be upset and I would try to get in on this. And by the way, you know, there, you do realize whenever there's money, there's, there's weirdness, there's favors, there's fraud. You know, another line from this one article bothered me. Some recipients use their $25,000 grant to help pay down mortgages. Okay, good. That's what it's for. Others gave it to their kids to do the same. One, and this is a quote, balled out. One, one recipient balled out and upgraded the bathroom with marble. Boy, you, it improved the value of your house, so ball out all you want. I just, sooner or later, we're going to find out, it's going to come out sooner or later that another $25,000 worth of money went to stuff that had nothing to do with living or their kids or the you know past injustices. I don't know. It's going to go to a new car. It's going to go to something it's not meant to. Well, how does 25000 fix something? So say, all right, let's say, trying to think of, what uh my god what was it called in oklahoma there was like a thriving black community and then they came in and kind of burned everything down is that oklahoma is that tulsa do you know what i'm talking about um you're not so, talking about Oregon. you're not talking about the summer of love are you no 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 um i'm trying to figure out how i'm gonna make this point but twenty five thousand dollars to again a descendant is it making up for if racism, slavery, all those prevented a family from like, if they took a home from them or, you know what I'm saying? If 
if they did something major and forced them to lose generational wealth because of racism in the 70s, which I def- or 60s, 50s, whatever, I definitely see that could be a thing. But that's potential of like hundreds of thousands of dollars that yes. they would have lost in generational wealth transfer. And I think that was kind of the whole point of reparations is to say black families weren't allowed to flourish back then, which means now there would have been more equality. So essentially kind of where we're at now, if we look in a hundred years, right, there's going to be a lot more wealthier black families in any race or whatever. But because you have something to pass generation to generation to generation, they're saying white people got a head start on that. And that's kind of the whole theory behind reparations. But this $25,000 is almost kind of like a slap in the face. Like, we're going to admit that you are not flourishing because you don't have generational wealth transfer because we screwed you over 100 years ago. But here's some pocket change, which, I mean, $25,000 in pocket change. I would love for somebody to write me a check for $25,000. But it's not fixing the problem. And I don't know that you... You're saying it's when, and there's no easy answer. I mean, let me just read one part of one more line. The harm caused by slavery is far in the past, and there's no way to recompense the descendants of enslaved people fairly, opponents argue. It's unfair to have citizens who have no family ties to slavery or were not involved in any racist government policies pay for the misdeeds of others. It, the slippery slope is we're going to get into people saying, I, stop changing, you know, my life now because your life was changed before. The past is the past. It, it, I'm not saying it was fair. There's a lot of injustices. I mean, you know, we can tear down every statue. It doesn't change what happened. It actually might do more harm than good. You need to teach kids what was happening. Let's not repeat it. I mean, this this could backfire. If this grows legs, it could get more people upset. You know, I mean, uh, you know that I've been like, I, I don't like the media pushing people against each other. When you look at gay versus straight, black versus white, has versus have nots, there, there's a lot of people that think the other one's bad. We have a lot more in common than we think. And it's it's just... This well, yeah, and we should be focusing on making things better in the future. Yes. And yeah, yeah. yeah. So use I mean, this money to build a hospital. Use this money to build a bank in underserved communities. Use this money to give towards- Fargo's doing that, remember? They're making community banks. Because they're here, <laughs> they're here for their citizens, even though they were also fined for, I think it's, it was something about black communities and charging them more for loans than other people. So anyways, you know, Wells Fargo, I just had to slip that in at the very end. Anyways, that's it for our show today. <laughs> that's it for our show today. So if you like what you heard, uh, if you have any questions on any of the topics today or you want to sit down with us to review your personal situation, you can reach us at team at anothermoneyshow.com. Find us on the web at anothermoneyshow.com. Um, you know, listen to Another Money Show wherever you like and subscribe to podcasts. Remember, there are no minimums. There's no cost for appointments. There's nothing to lose by getting a second opinion on your financial situation. We will see you again next Saturday at noon right here on 960 The Patriot. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show. You deserve to work with a private wealth management firm that will strategically work to protect your hard-earned assets. 
to schedule your free, no obligation consultation. Visit anothermoneyshow.com. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM. A registered investment advisor. BCM and Rochford Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results.